You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 260. Today, we're going to be talking about how to become sustainably visible in your business. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. Super excited to bring this guest today because we're talking about sustainable visibility, which is such a lovely phrase because you think about visit a lot of people think about visibility in these like spurts of you know okay for my launches I gotta go big and then like I go quiet for a while and the launch goes big and then we're quiet for a while and so this idea sustainably being seen and being out there is really interesting and intriguing. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode, not only for the topic but also for the guest. And so Miss May Kay, how are you doing today? Doing awesome. I was practicing, you know, how you do your yes. I'm like, oh, if I can do it as well as Jordan, but hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I know, right? <laughs> I have to do it. So go ahead and tell the folks a little bit about you and your business. Yes, absolutely. So I'm a podcast guesting strategist and the sustainable visibility mentor. So I help purpose driven entrepreneurs to really expand their reach so that they can grow their business and make a deeper impact. And with your help, I've also exclusively um, carved down my offers. So my only one-on-one offer is a VIP day where I really help my clients strategize their messaging and their topics of influence for podcast guesting. But where the sustainable visibility piece comes into play is that I started noticing that visibility seemed like a yes or no. There's no gray area in between. It's either you're visible or you're not. And I really wanted to challenge that ideology. And that's where the sustainable visibility movement was born. So I'm so excited to speak with your system saving audience about this, especially for those where being in the spotlight doesn't come naturally to them. Yeah, so excited. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I would love to dive into, do you believe that, you know, it does come naturally to some people and it doesn't come naturally to others? Or do you believe that everybody can't, it's like a skill? Like, which do you believe? I think that it really depends on how you define visibility. So are you going to define it based on how many subscribers suddenly join your email list after a podcast interview, for example, or how many followers you're getting? Like, how are you actually measuring how visibility works for you. I think that's really, really key. That's why I really want to go into the different types of visibility styles later on in the conversation. But I believe that if you really play to your strengths instead of trying to fill in the gaps, because all of us have weaknesses. I don't call them weaknesses. I call them areas of of improvement. (laughs) They're all places where they're not quite our strength. And that's okay because we have other people where it is their strength and we can really lift each other up as a result. So I think it's something that so long as you play to your strength, there is a style that will work for you. I love that. So again, we're going to be talking about how to become sustainably visible in your business. And so talk to me about where people are at before they actually implement this three-stage process that you have. Yeah. So I love how you mentioned it towards the beginning that if for a lot of people, they feel like they have to do it in spurts because doing it all year long seems extremely draining. And that's already a sign that you've exhausted your capacity. And that's something we'll talk about in just a bit. But yeah, when it comes to sustainable visibility, what that's all about is just really knowing you, how you operate, 
again, what your strengths and how you like to show up. Because I feel that there's a lot of force involved in visibility. It's like, oh, I have to do this. You have to put yourself out there. And I really detest that phrase <laughs> because it's like, no, you don't have to put yourself out there. And there's actually quite a lot of, I think it's pretty irresponsible to just project that ideal onto other people because what that fails to acknowledge is why people aren't showing up. And it's not because they're not educated. It's not because they're afraid, but there's some serious stuff that is actually infringing on their personal safety and of course as human beings um, no matter how safe we seem like in society like we don't have the same threats that we did 100 years ago for example but we still have our own sense of safety that's always going to be a primary need for us to fulfill so if a part of us feels unsafe to be seen then we're not going to be visible no matter how many awesome strategies are thrown upon um thrown to us (laughs) I love how that is really about like the safety element. I have never heard anybody connect those, but it does make sense because if you have been told or whatnot, like back in your childhood, right, everything goes back to childhood, but thinking about, you know, if your parents ever said to you, like, don't have a ton of attention towards you. A lot of women Mm -hmm. are told that especially, but you know, don't seek attention or don't cause people to look at you. Any yeah. sort of those, and that's bubbling up and that's like really affecting then you actually showing up and actually feeling comfortable and safe to show up and be seen. So that's a really interesting connection. And I think a lot of people will be like, oh, I remember what being told these things in life. And that's probably what is not allowing me to show up in my biggest and brightest self. So that's really cool. Um, I think a lot of people have an aha there. So walk us through your three stages. And I'm super excited. I'll be taking notes as somebody who, again, I wouldn't say I struggle with visibility because thankfully I've built a team around it, but you know, it's, I'm always interested in learning more about how I can best show up for my clients, my potential clients, my collaborations, all of that stuff. So I'm super excited. So everybody get your notepads ready and (laughs) go ahead and walk us through the three stages. Absolutely. So stage number one is to identify your visibility style. So this is where we tear down the idea that as a one size fits all sort of thing is not something that you either obtain or you don't. It's just how you perceive visibility to be. So Jordan, I'm curious, when you think about visibility, what sort of things does that mean for you? So podcast interviews, I know that you do a lot. So that's one example, but just throw a couple at me. (laughs) I'm just curious to see where you're at. Yeah, totally. So I'm such a person that likes to do like pre-recorded because I like to batch, not a shocker. And so (laughs) when I have, you know, trainings for other people, a lot of times I'll have a specific day that month that I record all of those trainings and get them done and whisked away because not that I'm not reliable live because I enjoy live, but it also is a little bit more draining because I can't necessarily control the environment. And Mm. um, so I've learned that pre-recorded trainings are my preference, but that doesn't mean that I don't do lives. Yeah. So that is a really interesting thing because I'm actually the opposite. I prefer live than pre-recorded. And the reason for me is because when it's live, I don't have time to go back and edit myself because I'm a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) That's just me, but that's the point. So you know what works well for you and I know what works well for me. So I really want to divide this into four different types. So if we start off with two branches and then we'll split them even further. So there's one branch of visibility, which is platform so that's when you're speaking on other people's platforms 
Okay. So that's things like public speaking on stages. We've got podcast interviews, we've got blog articles, and um, being featured in publications like Forbes and Entrepreneur and Inc. and all the things. And you're also speaking at masterminds in group programs and online courses. So these typically are the things that we think of when it comes to visibility We're on other people's platforms and leveraging their audience. But there is actually a division in between that. There is public and private. So the public things are on other people's platforms, but private is when it's on your terms. And really being able to, like an example of private platform visibility is when you're speaking inside someone's group program. So I've invited you into my group program um, to speak about VIP dates, right? And that is basically on my terms and it's within like closed quarters, right? Is that making sense? <laughs> All right, you're nodding. <laughs> okay, awesome. And on the flip side, there are personal platforms, so we are talking about DMs, which we both love. We've got one-on-one -on -one calls. We've got email marketing. We've got cold pitching, posting on your social media. We've got your own podcast, commenting on your own groups and profiles. Those are all examples when it's on your, your personal platform. So when you are DMing, for example, that is actually a form of visibility just because not everybody sees it doesn't mean it's not happening. And that's what I really want to drive home with this conversation is the fact that visibility isn't about being seen by like the most people. It's about being seen by the right people. And it could be individuals or in groups, big or small. Okay. And so there are so many different like types of visibility that we can fit into all of these um, different quadrants. But the point is that there's no one size fits all. And it really depends on what you want to focus on. Do you want to focus on brand awareness? Because if you want new people to find you, then that means your focus is acquisition. Therefore, you're going to be wanting to leverage other people's platforms, right? But on the flip side, if you want to, like, when you've acquired them, you need to, like, you know, keep them engaged and keep them interested and actually invest into your brand. And that's when you focus on brand loyalty, which is focusing a lot more on retention. So visibility has multiple, you know, different goals here. Either you're acquiring new people from other people's platforms or you're keeping and retaining them based on, you know, what they've came to you for in the first place. So identifying which style you really want to move towards is going to be key. So to give an example, because I think an example will be helpful here. <laughs> so right now I only offer VIP days. Again, huge thanks to you. And I also have a high ticket group mentorship program. So that means I focus a lot less on acquisition because I need to focus on developing the trust and the brand loyalty, which is why my focus this year is focusing a lot more on those personal one-on-one -on -one kind of conversations because they are higher ticket. However, if you're on the flip side and you offer like a lower ticket offer, like a couple hundred dollars perhaps, then maybe you want to focus more on brand awareness, which is more on acquisition, which is when you're going to want to leverage more platforms. So as you can see, there is a whole spectrum of different ways you can be visible and it is not a one size fits all. And I think, you know, when it comes to, again, what you enjoy doing or how you enjoy yes. showing up, like it's totally a personal preference. Like just because I like to do pre-recorded and my hair likes to do live, like that doesn't make either of us wrong or anything like that. Like, and I think there's some shame, especially around people who don't like live. I feel like mm. they're told to go live and there's just resistance there. And you have to think, is it because I am not feeling safe and we need to uncover some stuff? Or is that because literally 
you know, again, my preference of creation is in the comfort of my own home with good smelling candles, a blanket and like good sounding music, but and you can have a mix in your business too, as well. So I think giving people permission to really look inward again, mm. not only how do I want to show up, but also what am I trying to get out of it? Is it acquisition, right? Is it awareness? Like, what are we doing with that visibility? Are you just, I don't believe in just showing up to show up. Like, yes. <laughs> What's the I point? don't get the point of that, right? <laughs> and so I would love to hear kind of how to reframe that just, oh, I should just show up daily on Facebook Lives just because that's what people say to do and how dangerous that thinking could be if mm. that's actually not going to move the needle for you. Yeah, that actually like beautifully um, segues us into stage two of this process, which is knowing what I like to call your capacity cups, because we Love all this. have a finite amount of capacity in our lives. And there's so many different types, but just for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to keep it the three. So capacity cups for time, energy, and visibility. So time. The reason why a lot of people feel like <laughs> they... Actually, no, no, this is more for energy. Okay, when it comes to your capacity for time, how much time do you actually have to do all of these things? And I completely exhausted my time capacity because there was one point in my business a couple of years ago where I had about 30 interviews, three zero, not one three, (laughs) 30 interviews for podcasts in the span of about six weeks. And my mastermind peers were like, Meike, how on earth do you have time to do work? And I was like, I actually don't, (laughs) which wasn't good. (laughs) So I clearly exhausted my time capacity cup. So you need to ask yourself and actually do the work. See how much time you have in a given week, in a given month. However, you actually, you know, organize your time. How much time do you have? So for example, this month, I have four podcast interviews, which is my absolute max for, you know, a given month when it comes to this, because I know how much podcast interviews take out of me. I love them. But when I finish them, I feel like, okay, need to do a bit of self-care. So that's in regards to your time. But then you got to think about it further. You need to ask yourself, are you an internal or an external processor? Or like me and you, Jordan, you love pre-recorded. I love live. So I know what fuels me and I know what drains me at the same time. So which visibility style are you running with And how much does it take from you? This is why you said spurts at the beginning of this interview, because often people do it in spurts. And the reason why is because they overexhaust themselves in a small period of time, especially during launches, for example. I have friends who have launched and they feel absolutely dead after their launches. And it's because they didn't think of their capacity. They thought of everything else, but not their capacity. Have you been hearing all the buzz about VIP days or one day virtual intensives? and want to create one for your business, but have no idea where to start, head over to systemsamey.com slash quiz and take our new 60 second quiz to determine what kind of VIP day you should create. You'll get a detailed report with action items and exclusive structuring tips straight from the mouths of successful VIP day business owners. Ready to take back control over your schedule, your energy, and your income? A VIP day might just be the way to do it. Get started today at systemsamey.com slash quiz. One more time, that's systemsamey.com slash quiz. I think that's so good too, because yeah, I'm somebody that when I go live, it's draining to me. And so, you know, having a virtual conference, which is what I absolutely love to do, like 98% of the virtual conference is like 
systems, <laughs> like months and months and months of just building systems and processes and doing things behind the scenes. And then 2% of the time I'm like, hi, I'm Jordan. Like, <laughs> and this is what I love to teach. And so that works really well for how I can show up. And then after those two days, I'm like, totally out of commission, but it really allows for the space for me to show up, you know, in a way that I'm able to connect with people um, live, which I love to do because of DMs and all that stuff. So that, that fuels me, but really looking at the capacity of time in the sense of how much Mm. time do I want to spend out there talking about stuff? Some people, you know, a biz bestie of mine loves to go live on Facebook every single week. No, I will not be doing that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that's just not my vibe. And so, you know, I started doing Instagram lives every week and then I just turned them pre-recorded actually when COVID hit. And now I'm just like, oh yeah, this is way better. And this makes way more sense for me anyway. So really looking at time capacity, you have your four, you know, guest podcasts that you can do at once. I have about six hours of like I'm good to go time. And then I'm totally done. And so for me, I can get eight podcast episodes done in six hours. My so that's God. <laughs> my podcast batching is the way that it is. It's all very strategic. I have three days, that's 24 episodes. And I'm able to then move forward and be done for that quarter. So I love that you talk about, yeah, the energy, the time and the visibility, just in the sense of capacity purposes. I love that. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I listened to a recent episode of yours and you mentioned that you're a projector in regards to human design. So you have those six hours where you could just like go, go, go. And for me, I am a manifester. And so I have to be extremely conscious of who I choose to spend my time with. So I can do max four calls, but there has to be a lot of padding in between because I can't do back to back. <laughs> so that's um, really interesting how we both like we're aware of what we're capable of and how we show up as our best selves. Because if we try to force someone else's ideals of how we should do certain things, then we're actually going to override our own needs, which is what leads to burnout, which we are obviously trying to prevent together. So that is important. And just a final note on a visibility capacity cap. This is all about how much of yourself you allow to be seen. So I'll give you an example. A couple of months ago, I finally shared after 10 years of keeping this a secret that I was in a same-sex relationship. And it was an incredible celebratory moment. But I kid you not, I was like out <laughs> for about a good six to eight weeks because suddenly so much of myself was suddenly revealed to the world but I wasn't exposed. And that's the difference, by the way. You know, when people talk about visibility, please do not use it synonymously with the word exposure because exposure is rooted from violation. But being seen is actually comes from a place of, you know, being provided consent and permission. So just want to have my little spiel there (laughs) for sure. Yeah, I think that's really key because there are different levels of being seen. And I think in the online world, it feels like we have to share every moment of every day. Mm, and yeah. we have to, there's this whole like movement of transparency and like, what does that look like? Do you want to see my bank statements? Like, do you want to see whatever, like me singing in the shower? Like, where does, where's the line? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's <and> very blurry. <laughs> it's very blurry. And so I think that's really important to know what you want to share and what you just want to keep private and there's nothing wrong with keeping some things private. I think that there's a place for everything. And if you want to bring to the forefront things that were private now to public, I think that's really empowering and exciting. And when you do that, then you're actually showing other people it's okay to do it too, which I think is really cool. So that's awesome. 
Absolutely. So that brings us to stage number three. And this pretty much ties on on what, on what you've already said about not showing up for the sake of showing up, like you show up with intention. So when you've identified your visibility style in stage one and you're aware of your capacity in stage two, now it's time to actually integrate it with your vision for the year. Because if you're showing up, then there needs to be a strategy attached to it, of course. <laughs> so for example, you mentioned how you have ease periods and ambition periods, I think you described them, right? So when you talked about the systems that actually save you, so you can see, I definitely listened to your podcast. You have ease periods and you have ambition periods in your year. And that is defined by the launches you do, whether it's your big conference and, you know, your done in the day program. So you can basically integrate all of your publicity, all of your visibility work and actually orchestrate it around these launches. This is how you're able to show up consistently without feeling like you have to be on all the time. Totally. Yep, exactly. So I think, and again, you know, I batch so that every week I'm not having to remember, oh, shoot, I got to do a podcast, somebody like DM somebody get on a call, like, let's do this. It's intentional for myself, but it's also intentional for my team where I'm not the bottleneck and they're not knocking down my door being like, hey, you got to record a podcast, like, we got to have something for next week. So I think it really is important to not, again, show up for the sake of showing up, but it takes a level of awareness to be that intentional. And so if you want to really get specific and strategic with your visibility, you're going to have to sit down and think about it for a minute. It's not just go, go, go and being out there all the time because a lot of people burn out that way. They think that they mm -hmm. have to do all this stuff and be on YouTube and Facebook and Pinterest and Instagram and Clubhouse and whatever. And it's like, no, like <laughs> you don't. <laughs> so sit down and really think of your capacity caps, really think of what it is that you want out of the visibility that you're doing and not just doing it because you think it's what you're supposed to be doing. Yes, exactly. And that's how you become sustainably visible, my friends. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So much goodness. And I know that people will be sharing how they feel about visibility. Definitely tag Mayke and I on Instagram. We both are active there and share yes. with us your preferences around visibility or what capacity cup you struggle with most and really understand and hopefully create a visibility plan that is a lot more beneficial and feels good to you um, mm. and that you can sustainably continue on forever and ever, right? This is my eighth batch week. <laughs> you know, like I've, it's like clockwork, right? And so when you create something that feels good to you, then, you know, five years later, there's no need for me to change it. If it continues to feel good and it also, you know, serves my audience, then I'm going to keep doing it forever, right? I love that. And I think a lot of people are going to be able to take away, again, that intentional effort, which I know is big for you and what you talk a lot about. And that's why we, you know, are super well connected because again, I deliberate is one of my core values, deliberateness. Mm -hmm. And so if you are just doing stuff willy nilly, then you're opening yourself up to a lot of headaches, all the aches, um, in my personal and A lot opinion. of leaky holes as well. That leads to a lot of leaks. <laughs> totally. A lot of leaks for sure. So what are some things that you've like, give examples of clients that, you know, they thought that they should do one thing and then they went through this process and what came out of it then on the other side? 
Yeah. So one of my, actually one of our mutual students, I won't shout out her name in case she wants to remain anonymous. <laughs> But when she joined my sustainable visibility program,、um, she felt like she had to quote unquote play bigger. And that meant going into the fourth sector that、uh, we spoke about. Well, technically it's the first one that I spoke about. And that is all the podcast interviews. It's the speaking on stages. It's the summits, all of the very public. Platform visibility things, right? So she felt like she needed to do all of that. But her number one strength was ethical cold pitching. So she's mastered one area completely, right? So she felt like she had to shift directly into that area. And even though she is, we managed to find a way that she that feels actually really good to her. Because one of the big things that she wanted to really guard was her space. So this is what we spoke about earlier about the sense of personal safety. So we had a session where we talked about embodying safety in her physical space and in her、uh, psychological space as well. And since then, these transitions to do these public visibility opportunities have become a lot more easeful for her and it makes complete sense because she knows where people are coming or where they're going where she's able to send them to that's in a place where she's happy to show up and not in a way that feels like it's an obligation so i guess that's the biggest transformation is like okay let's really focus on your definition of what it means to be visible how do you want to grow and how can we play to your strengths here so for her it's a lot of intimacy it's a lot of one-on-oneness she's not too interested in having like the biggest instagram following <laughs> or anything like that because for her it makes sense for her offers as well that there's a lot more intentionality it's very intimate and that's how we've made it work for her Yeah, that's a super great example. And yeah, you definitely do not need to, again, have podcast tours if you don't want to be on podcasts and all that sort of stuff. Really look at your core values. Look at, you know, again, looking at the space that you want to have in your business and building it from that place. So, with that, do you want to share with us any tools that you use in your business, either to organize or to schedule or really any of your favorite tools? Like, this is the place to chat. Oh gosh, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of、uh, backlash here because I know that ClickUp is on the rise and I know that you will see it. But I'm still an advocate of Asana. Like, I, to be fair, I haven't tried to ClickUp yet. So that's probably why. But for me, like you said earlier, if you don't feel the need to change, then why change it? Right.、Totally. And for me, I have a project on there and it literally acts like a weekly calendar because things change me very, very quickly. So I've almost given up on. Uh, paper planners. I have a paper journal, but paper planners are a no no、mm. for me because things change so quickly. And how I organize my asana, like my, I have a weekly layout. So literally, I've got Monday to Friday and I've got everything in there. And I also slot in everything literally as if it's、um, like chronological as well. And I can see from、um, the calendar view how many visibility opportunities I've got in there because they're all color coordinated.、Mm. So、mm. I can see that, yeah, I've got a podcast interview every single week for January. So that means that I've got a good few months of promotion work. And that's really good to know because when I see the bird's eye view of how many visibility opportunities I have, I see how many I can strive for in the next quarter because I'm covered pretty much for the first quarter and a half. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So good old Asana. <laughs> uh, Asana is good. Like, I, you know, it's interesting. I get ads for Asana all the time. And I actually have this like really random Facebook group that I started like three years ago that's called All Things Asana. And like, 
I don't even know why I'm still (laughs) like a moderator in there, but so I really think that Asana is doing really cool things and for sure. So definitely if it ain't broke, don't, you know, don't fix it. You don't need to go (laughs) running around trying to make ClickUp work for you if Asana really does work for you. So that's cool. And yeah, just keeping it chronological too is nice for sure. Cause I think people kind of get in a tizzy with just like a big old list of tasks. And that's like never good for anybody. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, go ahead and share with everybody too. You have um, a freebie for our audience to check out. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about that freebie. Yes, absolutely. So as you can probably imagine from my title, I suppose, <laughs> and what we're doing right now, it's extremely meta. So my visibility style of choice is podcast guesting, and I can go through all the reasons why, but just very quickly, I'm an external processor, so I like talking. <laughs> I love relationship building, which is something that you and I really, um, you know, we're on the same page when it comes to the importance of relationship building. And also it's really helpful for my introvert soul because mm-hmm. I kind of quit no, I did quit. I didn't kind of quit. I quit YouTube. <laughs> I quit YouTube a couple of years ago because my head was filled with lots of mind trash about how I looked and how I sounded and like yeah. the way that my lips move when I speak. So I didn't have time for all the head trash. So podcasting yeah. for me was the perfect medium. So my freebie for you today, System Save Me, <laughs> is my Be Our Podcast Guest Guide. And this is where 25 podcasters share their out-of-the-box advice on how you can guest on more podcasts in 2020 and beyond. And what I absolutely love, Jordan, is that you are a part of this guide <laughs> as well. Hi. So if, if y'all want to know how to get onto System Save Me, follow the steps that Jordan says, because it's pretty much a personal roadmap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. Yeah, but the collective advice in this guide is really, really phenomenal. So I highly recommend you check it out. So if you do want to do that, all you need to do is go to 25experts.megasang.com to grab that for free. Yeah, so, and we'll have that link in the show notes and description. And so where can people find you? So obviously they can go get this guide, but where can they hang out? Where they can they say hello and connect with you further? Oh, yes. Of all social media, absolutely Instagram. So when Jordan said, you know, tag us on Instagram, please do tag us on Instagram. I'm at May K Sang and you'll see a lot of cats on my feed, but you'll also see a lot of podcast stuff as well. <laughs> but yeah, that is absolutely where I hang out the most, especially in my DMs. So please do connect there if you feel cool to. Yes, for sure. And share your podcast as well, because obviously oh, yes. podcast listeners. <gasps> you know, I actually completely forget that I have a podcast sometimes. So this is another visibility style that I actually naturally have, but I actually forget to highlight it. So yes, I am the host of the Quiet Rebels podcast. And we're all about really uplifting those. They felt like they had to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard, but that's absolutely not the case. So we really help to uplift those, especially if you're an introvert or a sensitive soul to navigate the conversations just conversations that we have in online business and in our lives. So if that's interesting for you, then please do go check the Quiet Rebels podcast out. And Jordan has also been a guest on the podcast as well. So if you want to start there, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll have a link to that as well. So we can add uh, a new podcast to y'all's subscription fees, uh, feeds. So with that, (laughs) thank you so much, Mekay, for coming on and sharing a really intentional way to be visible. So thanks. Thank you so much for having Jordan. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.